Today's guest is an author and a business leader who teaches the principles of kindness, gratitude, integrity, humility, and acceptance as both a path to peace and to joy. His new personal growth and development book, The Unicorn in You, offers an unself-help approach by identifying a sensible path to peace and joy and secrets to personal and professional success. Welcome to the show, Josh. How are you doing? I'm great, Toby. Thank you for having me. And I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, same here. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. Like I, was, I said before we started recording, that we, you know, we booked this up you know, months ago, like in January 2022. And now we're in May 2022 having this wonderful conversation. Our time flies by. It's wonderful. It was worth the wait. So it's great to see you. Thank you so much. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Um, I would just love us to start with, you know, talking about you, about your background, about your bio. Like what, what's... What inspired you as a very successful real estate executive to, you know, delve into personal growth and development? What's the story or the inspiration behind that? Sure. Well, it's interesting because the book really took probably almost two years to make, but I tell people that it really was probably 25 years in the making. This started probably in my mind in my late teens when I started to have some struggles with my mental health and sense of sadness. And what I found was that I leaned on self-help books. And at the time, we didn't even call them personal growth and development, but I enjoyed them. They gave me a sense of comfort. I think that in many ways, I would take a a little piece here, a little piece there. They didn't really have any lasting effect, but I would like to try to, you know, use them as as needed. And around the time of the pandemic, um, when this whole world changed, I remember feeling a certain way, this kind of sense of anxiety, and really it was confusion, not knowing what was going to be coming. And I thought back to the self-help books that I read, and I couldn't recall anything real naturally. Nothing really came to me instinctively, and I thought that there has to be an easier way, kind of an unself-help way, that's something very much more organic. And that's when I considered these ideas of these principles of how in order to be light, which is what I was seeking, we first had to be solid. So that was kind of the genesis and uh, the origin for the start of the book. Wow, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like, you know, it all started at the beginning of the pandemic, right? Of the that's pandemic. right. Yeah. 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 And were you able to, you know, on this journey of writing the book, able to find yourself? Are you, were you able to grow in your personal wellness or your personal, you know, development journey? No question. In many ways, uh, writing, it was very therapeutic. I think that I was discovering what principles guided me. At the, at the start of it, I had been to an event with an author a few months prior, and he had asked me, you know, in your life, what do you know that matters most? What's, what's, what's important to you? What's your North Star? And I said, I think kindness is everything. You know, I just have always believed that, that compassionate kindness. And so I really started this foundation with kindness. And I said, okay, what else? What else could give me this sense of comfort, remove some of the weight off of my shoulders in this time that's very unknown? And that's when I kind of dove a little deeper into the things that I knew that mattered most to me, but also that could give me that sense of peace and joy. And then I, you know, found that gratitude was so important and integrity, you know, certainly that's that's an important one right in the middle there. Humility, I thought, was an underrated principle. And then that idea of acceptance kind of as the anchor of these principles, how when we accept things in our life, we can release some of the burdens that we carry. Yes. And you, you know, you put all of this wisdom, all of this knowledge into this book, The Unicorn in Us or Unicorn in You. And, um, you know, you, you shared it with the world and it has been available on Amazon for, since 
February 17, 2022. So would you like to you know, share a little bit about this book and what led it to, you know, finally publish the book, release the book to the world to read? Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because so around March of 2020, when we're all kind of in lockdowns and understanding what we're going to be doing now. And unfortunately, I knew that people were going to be suffering. I knew that professionally, personally, unfortunately, over the past few years, I've known a number of people who really struggled, who didn't survive. And so I thought that there were going to be gifts that came from this time, as well as responsibilities. And so the idea of writing this book was kind of, okay, how can I uncover some of these gifts a little more clearly to myself? And what I did was I started the process and I actually put it down. I thought that I was not going to be confident enough to share this with the world. I didn't feel like this was something I, I wanted to put out there. Admittedly, it's not groundbreaking or earth or earth or earth shattering, but I think that it does position it in a very unique way. Like you mentioned, it's an unself-help way. Number one, because it doesn't feel like a process. It doesn't feel like the self-help thing where you have to think through. And the other reason is that it really takes the emphasis off of self. Um, that's why it's really an unself-help as well. The common thread between these principles is selflessness. And so it took several months and I put it down. And then probably at the beginning of last year, I said, you know what? I have something to say. I think that the perspective is unique and I think it's important. And most importantly for me, it was helping me. And so in many ways, I wrote the book out of self-preservation. Oh, that's wonderful. And I can totally relate to that because, you know, I also started this podcast um, 2020. And I started, you know, I think at the beginning of pandemic or so, you know, some months into the pandemic. And I was just also on that journey to, you know, find you know that fulfillment find that you know joy inside of me i just felt like there was something that i was not doing and at that moment was the right moment to just start out and as you you already shared correctly well i mean it's brilliantly well i mean it helped, it helped, also helped me to grow in some ways in like finding that kindness also finding that joy in, in me also yeah yeah and did you I'm, I'm sure you found that you learn so much and gain so much from speaking with others. People speaking with you, I'm going to get so much from speaking with you today. And yet I'm sure that you found it was helpful for you. And in some ways yes. we look at it, it's self-serving. You feel badly, but at the same time, you gain so much, I'm sure, from doing your show. Exactly. Yes, yes. And that's why I could relate to, you know, that on-self approach that you said, on-self-help approach, basically, because it's like... Um, yeah, it's called like, you know, maybe a self-improvement podcast or personal development podcast, but still there's that self-help approach towards it because you get, just get to learn from it in this selfless way, basically. Also. That's right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. So how would you, how would you compare your, your, yourself, you know, before writing the book and right now? Like, what would you say has, has changed, basically? Like, how do you feel right now? That's a great question. And I haven't been asked that. And I... As I reflect a little bit on who I was writing the book, and certainly the same person, but hopefully a little bit more enlightened, a little more evolved, I think that from the book perspective, I really enjoyed writing it. I found that on one hand, I called it a labor of love, but it didn't feel like labor. It, it was just all love. It came from a place of all these years of building up this sort of sensibility about the world and life and how to navigate the feelings that we all feel. Yeah. And as I am now, I think that I'm hopefully evolving into this person where I look at, at people that I admire and I feel like sometimes the ones that I really think the most of, they carry themselves with the sense of lightness about them 
And it's because they're so solid deep down. They, I always, the, the, the word I would use to describe people was like, you seem so whole. Like you, you in particular, to me, you seem so intact, so whole. You know who you are. You know what you're, you stand for and what you're about. And that was the essence of the principles. It wasn't just for, let me put this out here as an academic exercise. It was, you know, reality and practice. And so I think now what I've found is that it simplified my life. I think that I'm a much less complicated person um, because I've distilled so many of these things into its simplest form and saying, listen, I don't have all the answers, but I can acknowledge that and recognize that. And I also have to carry this weight and worry of expectation. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a great question. I'm probably going to be thinking more about it later and get a better answer for you later. <laughs> well, that, that was a wonderful answer already. That's great. Yeah. Wow. So can you like, you know, dive into these five fundamental principles that you shared in the book? Like what are the five principles and standards that we could use to identify a sensible path to peace, joy, and perfor- um, sorry, professor- and professional and personal success? Sure. Well, I'll give you what I'll do is I'll give you the five principles. And I, in the book, I distill one key ingredient for each. And I'll break them down that way and kind of give some examples. So the first, as I mentioned, is kindness. And again, what I do say in the book, and I acknowledge, I said, this is not a prescription. This is meant to be a guide. And in many ways, like you, you probably enjoy books that can be sort of like this compassionate guide you keep on your nightstand, you refer to. It's not a, a very a, a big book. I have a, a copy here, in fact. And so it's meant to be colorful and warm and, and you know, something that's comforting. And so for me, this idea of kindness, that's where it begins. And I think the key to kindness is compassion. I think that compassion-driven kindness allows us to let go of our judgments of people. And I think that's the most important thing to take away from kindness. And the idea uh, for people that maybe struggle with, you know, letting go of judgments and when we stand in judgment of people is using our sense of imagination. We all have childlike ability to imagine things, and sometimes I think we imagine the worst. And so maybe you have an encounter that, you know, doesn't go your way. You feel like someone maybe has slighted you. And maybe to use a little more imagination to give them benefit of the doubt. Maybe wonder what's going on in their life. And I think it allows us to kind of take it down a notch a little bit and let go of some of that rush to judgment. So kindness by compassion, I think, is first. Gratitude, I think, is the easiest one to get started with. And that's the second principle. And I think gratitude has to do with awareness. And to me, it doesn't matter what you do for your gratitude practice. I just think you have to have something, even if it means that for 30 seconds out of the day, you stop and acknowledge and take a moment. We're so captivated by our phones and everything going on and social media, and we don't take a a moment break. And whether it's in the morning that you write in your journal and in the evening that you take a moment of reflection, I think gratitude is the easiest one to get started with because it's the clearest path to peace and joy. It's this idea of understanding that things can happen, if you look at it in a certain way, for us, not to us. We're not wronged by things. Things happen as having value to us. And I think that's kind of important. So those are kind of the first two of kindness and gratitude. In, in this world where there are a lot of different things going on that are so unfavorable. Some people find it, you know, difficult to be, to be grateful, basically. Right. How, how, do you, how do we, you know, intentionally stay with the art of gratitude in, in a very unfavorable condition or situation? Yeah, you know, that phrasing, that for me, not to me, I think helps get us there. For me, I enjoy being outside. I enjoy nature. I probably connected deeper with it 
um, at the start of the pandemic because here I am in the Northeast. It was cold. It was mid-March. And finally, a couple weeks later, when it felt like we could get out of the house, I would go for a walk. And I think that I saw nature in a completely different way. And I think nature is a way that we can stop and almost reduce the, the size and scope of our self-importance and feel grateful for even the smallest thing. And I think maybe that's a better answer to your question. I think that's where, it be, that's where it begins. Finding something even in the smallest way to be grateful for. Maybe it's a meal. Maybe it's, you know, maybe we're rushing to work and we have a tough day ahead, but we think about how grateful we are to have a car. And, and things like that. And I think that when you, you stop and, and reduce it down to those small things, and for some people they're not that small, um, I think that can go a long way. And I do think that gratitude is the type of thing that it's a muscle in many ways. We have to build it up. We have to continue to be thankful and acknowledge. And that's why I think that the key ingredient is awareness, because we're not going to have any of that gratitude or thankfulness without being aware. That's true. Wow. So we, we move from, you know, and being kind or kind by compassion and, uh, you know, to being grateful for things. So it wasn't like the next principle yeah. or the next one. So right in the middle is integrity. And I was telling the story this morning. I was on a, I was on a program as well about how I went to a conference recently and very accomplished author, personal growth and development. And he's talking about integrity and he is basically shredding the concept of it. He's saying, what does it really mean? Let's break it down. And he had this all elaborate explanation and definition. I think integrity needs no definition. It's the clearest thing. You either have it or you don't. And, and we know what it is. And it's one of those things that doesn't need to be defined. But when I break it down in the book, I think what drives it is decency. We can talk about honesty and trustworthiness, but I think having integrity really has to do with having decency. Mm -hmm. I grew up very fortunate in my life, but one thing I remember that was being always instilled in me was the idea that your word has to mean something. When you shake someone's hand, that means something if you agree to do something, if you say you're going to do something. I think in today's day and age, it's so much easier for us to maybe change our plans or say, no, I'm running late or, you know, not just keep your word. And I think that integrity, you know, in many ways, the, the way it leads to peace and joy, I give an analogy in there. It's a famous line, this idea that having a, you know, a clear conscience is the softest pillow. And it really is very true. And I think integrity has much to do with that. So I think integrity is incredibly important and almost leads into the fourth one, which is humility. And humility, I think, just allows us to get better connected to our significance, but really our insignificance in the world. I think humility has to do with perspective. And oftentimes we just, we think it's all about us. And we worry too much in a ways that's so self-absorbed and self-centered. And I think humility allows us to escape that in many ways. And what I think is helpful in getting more humility is cultivating awe. And again, going back to that idea of nature, just go outside, go for a hike, just go take a look at everything around you and you can feel how small we really are. And I think that's yes. so important. So integrity and humility are the next two. And those are something that I know you probably feel very strongly about too, because in all your work, that's something that you have to look as a, as a host. You always yeah. show up on time. You do what you say you're going to do, right? Mm -hmm. And you come with a sense, it's all in your aura, this sense of humility. <laughs> All 
And I, I, love, I love what you just said right, right now. Like, whenever I go for walks, for example, I always have that imagination or simulation in my head that, you know, I'm just a very tiny being in this old universe. Yes. Like, the universe is so vast and big, and I'm just like a dot. That's right. <laughs> so, so no matter what I have, no matter... Um, how, how much money I have in my account or cars I have, whatever that is, whatever wealth that will come in the future, for example, it's still just a dot. It's nothing. And even those with, you know, however more or less, it doesn't matter. We're all still the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's exactly the point. You, you raised such a good point. We're, we're all the same. We all feel yeah. a lot of the same things. And in, in, in terms of our importance, we're all special. We're all unique. But in the scheme of things, we're tiny. We're ephemeral. We're, we're, we're very small in this universe. And I think that for me, I think coming to terms with that was really helpful because it almost took the pressure off. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have to think I was more than I am. And I certainly didn't have to feel more significant. And that in many ways reduced some of those that weight and worry and anxiety that I carried. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. good. So what was, it, what was the last principle? Last principle is acceptance. And you guided me through them perfectly because acceptance is a, is a really terrific anchor to this. And initially, I came up with this idea that maybe tolerance would be important. But tolerance feels like you're putting up with something. Acceptance feels like, in many ways, at least you've come to terms with. And I believe that acceptance is a sign of maturity. I think it's a sign of being sensible and being practical. Because what it really is saying that I am acknowledging what is my reality, rather than regretting what isn't. And I think that everyone knows people that are either living in the past or haven't gotten through things in their life. And I'll put a a caveat here that there are things that people have gone through that are unimaginable, tragic uh, uh, occurrences that I'm not going to simplify this, say, coming, just accepting it is going to make things better. But in terms of the things that we don't want to happen in our lives in our day-to-day, I think accepting them just makes life a little bit smoother and a little easier. And I think acceptance has to do with flexibility, specifically in our minds. This idea that we can hold conflicting thoughts in our heads. We can feel happy about one thing and sad about another, and we can hold them all. We have enough flex or stretch in our, in our minds to hold them both. And one tip that I give in there is this idea of finding the positive to make peace with it. And so as an example, I give often, all of us have relationships that may be ended and whether we wanted them to or not, and they're hard to, they're hard to get past sometimes. But I think maybe finding the good in it and finding the positive allows us to make peace and then come to terms with the fact that it is over. And yeah. that's, that's reality and not, not sitting there regretting what isn't. I love that, yes. And not regretting what isn't, as in just accepting the situation that you're in. And I think it all connects to each other, basically. Like, you have, you accept your situation, and you are grateful for it. You That's right. It from a perspective that is good, yeah. yeah. I'm going to send you on yes. the book tour, Toby, because you explain it better than I do, <laughs> and the way that you connected those things. But it's interesting, because I always talk about a thread, and I like that thread, because you're right. Mm-hmm. You are accepting something and being grateful for it. And I think that's yes. so important. Yeah, that's true. And that brings out the, the, the unicorn in you, basically. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Makes you that special person. Yeah. I love that you said that. The unicorn, and you again said it better than I've been, you know, talking about it, people. The unicorn is the special person in you. That's really what it is. Mm. I, I discuss it as being aspirational, but it's really, it's about that special person in you. That's it. 
Yes, yes. And how can we bring out this, this special person in us, in our relationships, for example, or as a real estate executive like you are, how can you bring out that special person? How can you apply those five principles to your business, to your work, to your activities? Yeah, I think that these principles are really universal and they also, they're not exclusive to our personal or our professional lives. I recently wrote a piece about how to find peace and joy in the workplace. And it was an interesting article to write because as I was going through it, I'm like, there's really nothing different than what I'm talking about here. And as an example, I'll give one. Because this was a true story. A friend of mine shared an example how she was on a Zoom call from work. She was at working at home and her toddler wandered in and created a little bit of an interruption, but not much. Yeah. She ushered the child out. She was embarrassed, but she returned and tried to move on quickly. And of course, she mm -hmm. caught the people giving a little eye roll and kind of the audible size. <laughs> and rather than that, it, could, it was more disruptive than the actual interruption. It changed the whole energy of it. When someone looks yeah. down dismissively and maybe using again that imagination, what's it like for her to work at home with a child, trying to care for the child and do work and juggle all these things? So some imagination, some benefit of the doubts, and some letting go of those judgments. I think that's so important. So that's one example in the modern day workplace uh, from people working at home and, and going through some of those challenges. How would you advise you know, those people to show kindness and maybe gratitude to this lady for you know, juggling everything up together? Like, how can those people you know, change in their ways to become much more kind or yeah. much more um, grateful for that situation? Yeah, that word change. I think change in their ways is a great turn of phrase, because I think maybe the best suggestion would be to change positions with them. Walk in their shoes. Mm. Try to picture what it would be like if you were home, taking care of a small child, trying to be on a Zoom call, and yeah. feeling a, that you've now disrupted the meeting, but it really wasn't that big a deal. Ushering mm. a child out and coming back and seeing people look, look at you with contempt. How would that feel? And I think we can get much closer to compassion when we change places with people. Um, mm. You're certainly going to get a little bit more benefit of the doubt. Yes, yes. And how would you say all of these principles, you know, then contribute to our foundation for being? The foundation for being, you know, is the essence of the book. And my thesis, as I mentioned, is this idea that to be light, we first have to be solid. And so I think, when I think of a foundation, I always think about this idea of fundamentals. Someone gave me a great... Uh, analogy today of the idea of like sports with our fundamentals when we work on the basics. Mm -hmm. So I think when you talk about the foundation, I think it has to do with getting back to basics. Yeah. I think that has to do with, hey, what are we what are we doing well in our life? How am I, you know, when I take stock of how I'm doing with kindness and gratitude and integrity and humility and acceptance, they're basics. Mm -hmm. They're fundamental, but they're foundational to who we are. And if nothing else, I think that I would hope that the book in, in this conversation prompts people to think, you know, what are the principles in my life that matter to me? What are the principles that give me peace and joy? And what are the principles that make me who I am, that make me feel solid? And I think it's a very interesting exercise to people to go through, if nothing else, to take inventory of the ones that I've provided. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And how, do, how would you know when you finally start feeling that 
peace and joy in your heart? Yeah. Like from your experience, how do you how do you finally, you know, after practicing integrity and humility, how do you finally start feeling that peace? And how do you know? Yes, now I have peace of mind and I'm having that pure joy right yeah. from the bottom of my heart. It's a great question, and I think. You, you almost answered it just before, or at least I'm going to take part of your answer. That idea that I talk about in the book, it's being rather than doing. I think that you've found a little bit of your way when you notice that you're being more than doing. And some of it just has to do with the noticing of it. When you're saying, wow, I'm not really thinking right now. It's sort of that free-flowing, light feeling. And I think that's exactly you know taking us back to why of having a foundation is so important. It's this idea that I don't have to worry about, you know, doing acts of kindness because I know that part of my being is kind. And so that there's more of a natural feel to that. And I think that once we, you know, take note of these and spend some time with them and understand and make the part of our being, our being rather than doing is what allows us to finally see that we're actually, you know, closer to peace and joy because you'll feel it. It's, 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 it's a feeling. Yeah, that's true. Ah, I love that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a feeling that we just we just feel basically it's natural. That's right. And, and, and you know what? I'm so glad you asked that too because I was talking the other day and I said, this isn't a book about happiness. This isn't a book about finding your purpose. This mm. is about finding a path to peace and joy. And I specifically use that word. I don't think it's the path. I'm a believer that if anything helps and doesn't harm others, I, I love it. Um, and at the same time, I do think that there are benefits and there's real merit to having a simplified process here because it's not a process having just sort of a simplified perspective it's having i can't go through this whole thing that's so unnatural to me and it's not instinctive and if i have to think through i just read a beautiful book the other day and and i loved it and i got to a point where they were talking about their principles and values and it was it was wonderful except that for me there were probably five subsets of values. There were all different sections. Then within them, there might've been about 28 different, different principles. I want to talk about five and five only because it's a type of thing, you know, when we say I can count on one hand, what matters or the people that matter. I believe that we can distill the things that matter in our life, you know, very, very simply like that. Yes. Oh, good. Wow. Yeah, a question just came, came to my mind right now. You know, as a business leader, you're also a business leader in your right. And um, you ask us to be, to be kind, for example, and to be humble. And, um, you know, when you're, when you're in, the, in, the, in the business sphere, for example, it could be very difficult to, you know, as a leader to be humble because you are scared maybe the people underneath you or your colleagues, for example, we, you know, misuse that kindness of yours or that humility of yours. So what, what do you do or how would you advise a business leader like yourself in this kind of situation? You know, I just spoke to a company, a sizable company in the Southeast United States about these principles. And it was a very different discussion because you're right. When you talk about gratitude and kindness and integrity and, well, integrity aside, perhaps humility and acceptance to a business community, they're not quite sure how to receive it. You know, Mm. what does this have to do with, you know, how we're performing or what our goals are or our strategy? Yeah. And I would argue that it has everything to do with it. I think that we are better business people when we're better people. I really do believe that. Perhaps I'm a little bit of an anomaly. I think that 
We can only be better business people once we're better people. And I think that it's so important to incorporate these things because whether you have a small company or a large organization, even fostering these types of principles and this sense of gratitude within your employees can be very, very useful. Having that sense of kindness where there's compassion for one another, I think only, you know, ultimately enhances a bottom line. Integrity, I'm a believer that in business you, you have to have it. I just, I think there's no other way. And I know that a lot of people don't, don't agree with that, unfortunately. And humility, I think, in many ways can reduce our expectations. I think that they can almost take some of the pressure off. And we could still be very ambitious, but I think that we can um, be better, better humans and better people in doing it. Yeah, I, I was just having a picture of you know of the walls of of Wall Street, for example, right. and uh, and I'm putting them beside the values that you just shared about being kind and being humble. I'm like, ah, it does not really fit into each other. It would not fly <laughs> at that organization, and I've seen it again recently. And I don't yeah. believe that these are the principles of uh, uh, was it Stratton Oakmont, right? Would, yeah. would would be there. But um, look, I think that maybe because I I'm. I have been fortunate, but more than that, I've had times that haven't been so, so great. And I don't mean just personally, but professionally as well. And I still have come to this realization that when it's all said and done, you know, what matters most is how we treat one another. I really, I really believe that. I, I don't think that, you know, there are so many different phrases today, you know, this idea of going deep or being vulnerable uh, new normal is my least favorite of them because <laughs> I don't think anything's normal. <laughs> but all those yeah. things are at least the first two. I don't think they're for their own sake. I think that they have to do with something much more important and bigger, which really has to do with how we treat one another. And that's why humility is something that I think is, you know, so underappreciated. You know, yeah. we're, we're no more important than one another. You know, we're all just people on this journey and it's a journey. It's a winding road. That's, that's why I use the word path. We're just trying to, you know, be better and improve and hopefully, you know, uh, be good to one another. Mm. Yeah, I love you, you. I love the fact that you brought up this winding path. It's in your book also. I was going through the preview on Amazon. I'll put a link in the show notes of this episode for everyone who's interested and also your website too. So at the website, has the links to Amazon and to other platforms that want to buy this book also. Okay. You, you talk about the, the, the winding roads to finding peace and, and joy and you know, like, wow. It's, it's, not, it's not a straight path, right? It's, it's like not. a path that you just have to... But how, how, do you, how would you encourage someone out there to, to you know, be consistent and just be persistent on going on this winding road and not give up on the way and say, oh, okay, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have time for this. Basically. Yeah. I had a, I had a goal, um, at the beginning of the year that I reflect on a little bit. And this year it, it maybe was a goal or resolution, but it was more of an intention perhaps is a better word. I had an intention this year to slow down and I feel like I have, like many people, I'm moving from one thing to the next. And especially with the book coming out this year, and as you mentioned, last several weeks have been wonderful with it. And in many ways, it's, it's required me to slow down. And it's been a reminder of what my ten intention was. And so when you talk about that path and those who have said, oh, come on, this is, you know, this is silly or, or I can't do this or life happens. And I understand that. And that's exactly the point is that life doesn't stop. But I think that when we just keep going and going and don't stop ourselves, to maybe appreciate what we have, to be kinder to people, 
to be more humble, to act with integrity and to accept things as they are. Well, we don't just slow down and stop to recognize this, that life is moving. I mm. think that that's when maybe we, we give up a little bit. So I think slowing down is really the key. You know, a, a small thing, and this may or may not, you know, make sense, but I remember this year, I before I, uh, you know, left in the car, I took a moment just to kind of take a breath in the car rather than getting in, closing the door, turning on and backing out. It was just that small pause. And so maybe it's not slowing down, but pausing at certain moments of your day. Maybe when we have a break, and I do this now too, I put my phone down. I put my phone down and I look out the window and I kind of, you know, this idea of being present in the moment, that's how you be present in the moment. You, you pause. Mm -hmm. If there's, you know, ever this idea of really understanding how we allow ourselves to just be still, we pause. And so yeah. I think that's, that's a really, really good tool. Do you find that you're able to, you know, throughout your busy day, have a moment to step back and reflect and take a breath and say, wow, it's beautiful out or wow, I'm so fortunate. Are you able to allow yourself to stop and do that? Yes, but I have to be um, honest. I always do that. I always achieve that only when I'm very intentional about it because there are a lot of distractions that come on your way. Right. But I, 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 just, I thrive, I would say. I thrive to find the time to just focus. Mostly, I, I also do this. Like I love the fact that you just you say you put your phone down. I just intentionally also just go for walks. And I, sometimes my phone is with me, but like maybe I'm completely, I'm completely disconnected from, you know, the internet and everything. Yeah. And I just go for work and reflect on maybe this wonderful conversation that I'm just, I just have, I'm just having with you right now. And right. just, you know, just being grateful for different connections and yeah. relationships, basically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, well, it, it takes it takes that you know intention because you have different things coming to your mind and right. yeah, and that distractions that that I just. It's true. Through. Do you have on your mm -hmm. phone? I I. I, I don't know which iPhone I have, but it shows me or has been showing me my screen time mm, and yeah. <laughs> like each week. And on Sunday morning, I'll get up and I'll look at, that's the other thing. I try not to look at my phone in the first thing in the morning, but everyone has little tricks. But when I see that screen time for the week, sometimes it makes me sick. And I'm thinking <laughs> this, look how much time I spent. You know, I don't even remember what it, what, and so much what the value is. Sometimes I can find it relaxing and maybe it's soothing or maybe I'm looking for something important. But I'm talking mm -hmm. about the, the time that perhaps I waste, where I'm doing it because it's more mindless. And I remember I went to a retreat a few years ago and it was for one week. And at the beginning of it, we had to turn our phones in. Mm -hmm. I was so excited. And <laughs> some people gave them like, you know, we're holding on to it. And they gave it kicking and screaming. I ran and gave mine up. But for the first couple of days, I kept patting the back of my uh, pants looking for it. And I'm like, <laughs> what a sad commentary that instinctively, without any trigger in my mind, I don't have it on me, I'm still looking for it. By the end of the retreat, I got the phone back and it took me probably three hours to turn it on. I didn't want to. And it took me another day to go check emails. I didn't want to. And I think that there's often this fear of losing connection, but it's that idea of disconnection that allows us to in many ways connect more deeply with ourselves yes. and do things on, on our terms a little bit more. That's true. I, I love the fact that you mentioned that um, screen time because I also check, I, I also get the report of my screen time and I'm always very baffled at how many hours I spend. I think I spend 
10 hours every day on, 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 right. <laughs> on, my, on my iPhone. <laughs> and I'm always scared, like, oh, how, how come out of 24 hours, I'm actively 10 hours on my phone? Or I use 10 hours on my phone, I'm, like, always baffled. And anytime I, I get a report that I used maybe 20% less time, I'm always excited, like, yes, I did it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, where, yeah, where yeah. do you find your peace and joy in activities? Is it through going through a walk? Is it through athletics or movies or reading or, you know, interactions with friends? Do you find that you get it through, you know, uh, different, you know, points of unplugging? Mm, yes, I do. Yes, that's, that's true. I mean, I find it um, when I go for walks, for example, and also listening to music. And sometimes I, I find my peace when I'm doing just simple um, house chores, like washing the dishes, for yes. example. Likewise. Like, I totally... I totally disconnect while washing the dishes. Like, I'm, like, gone. <laughs> totally gone. That's right. Yeah. And just doing workouts, basically. Like, I love to wake up in the morning, have a little bit of quiet time, then work out, then, you know, get ready for the day. Yeah. I find my peace during that period also. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's very what about you? I think I'm very much the same. Sometimes in places that are surprising. I similar to it's it's sound it's gonna sound silly to some, but washing the dishes, it's cause it's a moment uh, of pause. I obviously can't look at my phone, I can't hold it. And yeah. you know, again, in and not to sound too, you know, I, I don't even know what, but this idea that you can feel gratitude in moments like that. And mm-hmm. they're simple, they're simple moments. And I think that when you just in many ways it's just about to acknowledging, you know, our aliveness. In, in some ways, I think that's really what it has to do with. I love walking. That's my oxygen. That's that's what I really enjoy doing. And oftentimes I'll bring music, but most often not. I don't even bring the phone. And and I really I still still enjoy reading and, and writing as well. And I'm try, I need to be a little bit more discerning about what I watch um, because a lot of the the, the shows they, they take you down a rabbit hole. And, yeah. and next thing I know, I'm watching six episodes on, you know, con artists, you know, from the 1980s. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's not constructive. <laughs> yeah, I find a lot of comedy series very good. Yes. I mean, with, with good content, that, that way I'm able to just unwind a little bit and just feel yeah. that yeah, joy a little bit. That's or right. happiness, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So um, what would you say is the, the, um, the best way to connect with you and work with you, for example, for people out there who would love to get your book or maybe ask yeah. you some more questions and do that? So I, w- I would love you? that. And I really do enjoy interacting with people. And you can come, you know, connect at joshkramer.com. And on Instagram, I'm at The Unicorn and You. And there's a book website by the same name, theunicornandyou.com. So any which way to get in touch, I really would love it. I love hearing feedback and thoughts and maybe some of the principles that inspire you. And just hear anything that you have to share about the book. I appreciate everyone, you know, giving it a chance. Yes, that's awesome. So I encourage everyone to also, you know, connect with you and get the book also. It's awesome. Very Thank simple you. to read and filled with so much um, information. Like even from the little I've seen about it, I could recommend it already. So what would you like to, you know, give out to the listeners as a closing remark? Like if you, if you were to advise someone out there um, from your life experience and from your growth so far, what would that advice or lesson be that you would love to share? Boy, that's a great, great final question. And there's a quote I've been sharing lately that I read that I really liked. And it was from Carl Sagan. And he says that we are like butterflies who flutter for a day and think it's for forever. Hmm. And it's this idea that 
you know, life is very fleeting. And someone wrote recently that, oh, life's not short. We just waste a lot of time. <laughs> and I think there's, there's merit to both ideas, but I, just the idea of appreciating every moment in that, you know, I write in the book that, do you remember the movie Groundhog Day? Um, yeah. Okay, and yeah. people use that during the pandemic of saying, ah, oh, it's just like Groundhog Day. It's every day is the same. And every mm -hmm. day is not the same. And every day is a gift. And in fact, a better quote to maybe leave your, your listeners and audience with is from one of my favorite writers and poets, Maya Angelou, who said, today is a beautiful day. I've never seen this one before. And I think mm -hmm. that that is a sentiment that if we all live with, perhaps we don't think take things for granted as much as we do. And we, we live with a little more gratitude. Yes. Well, that's a wonderful and beautiful closing remark. Thank you so much, Josh, for sharing these fundamentals or these, um, you know, five principles with us. Thank you so much for releasing your book to the world for people to benefit from us. I really appreciate this awesome conversation that we had. And I encourage everyone out there to get the book and also reach out to you for further questions and further inquiries that we're unable to cover during this conversation. Thank, thank you, you so Toby. Much. I'm grateful for you, my friend. I thank you for having me. Wow, you made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye.